This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to the Dude Fuel Podcast. Do you have that well-meaning friend who is, you know, trying to make you better in some area? Maybe it's diet. Uh, you know, maybe you've expressed to them that, you know, you want a leaner, more muscular physique. You you want to lose weight. You want to get fit, get in shape. And I think we all have or have experienced an interaction with this well-meaning friend who tells us 16 million things that we need to change tomorrow in order to achieve our goal. Like you got to eat more kale and you got to be careful. You got to cut out. You want all your stuff needs to be alkaline. The body gets too acidic. And so you need all this alkaline stuff. You need to watch out for your vitamins, your minerals. And you got to be careful with those omega-3 fatty acids. And you got to balance them with all the omegas, the omega-3, the omega-6. They all have to balance out. You got to count your carbs as well. And you got to track your exercise. And this well-meaning friend will drop so much stuff on you at once that your head's spinning. And there's an old saying in sales, a confused mind never buys. And, and I think this is true. And I think it's true for more than just uh, old school sales. I think that in order for our minds to buy in to new concepts and new ways of behaving, new ways of behavior... I think we have to be very clear and very focused. If we are confused about what to do, if we're overloaded and we've been given too many directives, we tend to shut down. When you get seriously, severely overwhelmed, it's very common as a coping mechanism to simply do nothing. Like, think about at work, you know, if your boss or your manager comes in and lays a really massive project on you, okay, you can probably handle that one massive project because you're able to funnel your time and your energy away from other tasks to focus on this new big project. But imagine if your boss or a manager or a team leader comes in and were to drop multiple huge multifaceted projects or programs or new routines or new ways of doing things on you. You would be overloaded and overwhelmed and the human tendency would be for you to do nothing. So here's what a lot of people do in their own life and especially when you get into uh, self-improvement and you say, yeah, I want high achievement. I want to achieve a next level life. Okay, I want to level up my life. When people make that decision, they often get advice from friends who are well-meaning, who tell them 16 million things to do. And then they get frustrated and confused, and ultimately they decide to do nothing. But also we can do this to ourselves. So sometimes we really want a goal and we decide, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to crush it. You know, everybody these days is talking about hustle, right? Good things come to those who hustle. Okay. And so you got all these memes floating around the internet telling you to hustle, hustle, work, work, work. And so you're like, okay, I want to do that. I want a better life. And so I'm going to work on my financial life, my relationships and love life. I'm going to work on my career. I'll work on my education and I'm going to work on feng shui. I'm rearranging the, the, the furniture in my house and I got to get a better car. And you start looking at every aspect of your life. And you end up doing none of these things very well. 
See, the problem is your mind just cannot focus on all of that at once. And so it's either going to freeze up and lock up and freak out, or you're eventually going to end up doing the same thing, which is focusing on one or two areas of improvement and leaving the others behind. What I want you to avoid doing in your life, because I've been there and it's horrible, is the locking up, okay, where you really just stop trying and you stop pushing because you don't know where to begin. So on Saturday, I went out to the driving range and I haven't played golf in a long time. It's really fun. I've never been very good at it, but I want to get better. So I went out to the driving range and there is so much out there. I mean, they've got the putting greens and obviously they've got the driving range proper and they've got these bunkers and it can be very difficult to know where to begin, not to mention the fact that you got a bunch of clubs in your bag. Which ones do you hit? In what order? How many balls do you hit? And then you have to decide really what you're going for. Are you trying to improve on your distance or your accuracy or just kind of trying to figure out what you can do with each club? So... I had this dilemma on Saturday of getting back into a game that is so multifaceted. I mean, there's so much going on with golf and my head was spinning a little bit. So finally, at one point at the driving range, I said, look, I'm going to focus on two things. Okay. I'm going to take this one club and I'm going to focus on two things. Okay. I'm going to focus on uh, planting my feet because I have a really bad habit on my backswing of lifting up my left foot. It's just like, it's what it wants to do. So I'm saying, I'm going to work on planting this foot and I'm going to work on swinging through and completing my swing. Those are the things that I'm going to focus on today with this one club. I'm not going to hit every club in my bag. I'm not going to worry about distance. I'm not going to worry about whether it's hooking or slicing or if it's a draw or a fade. I'm not going to worry about any of that. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to make sure on every swing that I plant my feet and that I follow all the way through, which is a good solid swing. And I'm not going to worry if the ball goes flying off in some weird direction. And you know what? I had a great time and I feel like I actually hit the ball better than I had in the past because I was really just focused on two things. At one point, I got tempted. And I think this happens with anybody who's who's really being focused. I got tempted and I said, well, I'm doing pretty good keeping my feet planted and I'm doing pretty good with my full swing. So I said, I want to start bringing my hip into it more right at the, right at the moment of contact in golf with the golf ball. It's like you're starting to extend or you have started to extend your, your, um, well, left hip, if you're right-handed like I am, you're starting to push that out. And so if you look at a really good golf swing, you see this, and, and I don't think that my hip pops out very well. So I decided, okay, my feet are planted. I've got a good follow-through sort of swing here. I'm going to work on my hips for a second. And I tell you what I did. I added just that one additional element of trying to pop out my hip and everything just, it just went to pot. <laughs> like my, I didn't have good contact. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel natural. And so I stepped back and I went back to the fundamentals and the basics that I had set out for myself for that day, that I'm going to plant my feet and that I'm going to swing this one club all the way through and focus on following through. And I experienced this as well with my ad campaign. By the way, if you've been following the podcast for a while now, 
I did complete my sales page, uh, and I think that's largely due to the accountability of this podcast. I don't have a lot of listeners right now. Thank you to those who are tuning in. But, you know, it really is motivating when you share with the world what you're doing and what you're going to do. So if you hadn't listened to the podcast previously, uh, I talked about how I was working on a sales page, but I was scared. I I was scared because what if the sales page was unsuccessful? And that sounds irrational when I say it out loud, but like to me, an unfinished sales page that had not been rejected by people was kind of better than a sales page I worked a long time on and released and then people didn't like, and it was not effective. But I got over that and I completed the sales page and now I'm in my ad campaign. And wouldn't you know, I'm experiencing this same thing right now. If you've ever tried to do an ad campaign before, There are like so many variables. Where is your ad going to be placed? What image do you use? Your text? What URL are you linking to? I mean, just what's your budget? What's your audience? You know, so many options with an ad campaign. And so I I started to get kind of overwhelmed because there's a lot going on. But just recently I said, okay, I'm not going to do that freak out thing, but I'm going to look at this ad campaign and I'm going to evaluate it for what it is, and I'm going to make a slight tweak to two things, and I'm going to reevaluate once the, the campaign stops. So I ran the campaign for about seven days. I made two little tweaks, and I said, okay, I'm going to run the campaign for another seven days and see what happens. I'm actually doing sort of a, a split test. So I sort of have an A-B split test that I'm running right now. But I just made two little tweaks. I'm doing the split test, and I'm going to let it run for another another seven days and see what happens. Do not underestimate the power of incremental progress. I have most of my life been sort of a burst worker. Like what I tend to do is work really hard in a burst. And this podcast is a great example of that. I can sit down and for 10 or 15 minutes, I can give this burst of energy and motivation and inspiration and what I've been learning. But then I'm, I'm shot. I'm tired. I'm done. What I've really struggled with in my life is that incremental improvement because before, and this is not the first time that I started a podcast, before I would start a podcast, I'd maybe go for a week or two or three tops and then nobody would really be listening to it. And so I'd say, okay, I'm done. I'm out. But what I've been doing this go around with the podcast is incrementally improving instead of like being like a child who doesn't like the way that a painting, you know, panned out. So they're just going to crumple it up and throw it in the trash. Instead of being like that, be an incremental improver. Somebody who says, you know what? This is not what I want it to be. I'm not there yet. But what is one thing that I could change to make it better? And that's what I've been doing with my ad campaigns. And that's what I've been doing with this podcast. What can I do to make the production value better, the content better, the platform? I've switched this podcast over to be the Dude Fuel podcast using a brand that I created and I love, I've got a blog up right now. Guys, go to the dudefuel.com blog. It is an embarrassment, okay? Right now, as of the recording of this podcast, I could not be any more dissatisfied with that blog. Very few articles are up there. I don't really like the theme. The blog is not where I want it to be, okay? But my options are to tear the whole thing down, just crumple it up and throw it in the trash, or to work on it. One thing, two things maybe at a time. Any goal that you have, I would argue you can benefit from that sort of mindset. Uh, 
Just focus on one or two things that you can improve today, maybe for the week or the month, and then get a new focus once you have begun to improve. But when you try to do it all, you very often end up locking up and not doing anything. Or if you are somehow able to manage that many, you know, plates that are spinning up in the air, if you are really good at that and you're able to do it, I would argue that you are not going to be doing any of those things with real excellence. You're going to be doing, you know, none of them really with excellence. Better that you would stop and focus on one and learn how to do it really well and then add another spinning plate so that you can get it going to the same sort of level uh, than to, you know, try and spin all the plates in the world and not really get where you want to go. So as always, this podcast is dedicated to you and your success. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, and I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow.